Well, welcome everyone to this uh, edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today, um, Mala Hemnani, who's a human wisdom coach, and I, and all of us on this call, we're going to talk about something that really affects all human beings, which is we get emotionally hurt. And we're going to explore four questions. Why is it important to ask this question? Why we get hurt in the first place? How do we respond when we do get hurt? And how can we respond instead with wisdom? So Mala, maybe the first question, why do you think it's important to ask, explore this question of why we get hurt? So in order to explore this question, why do we get hurt? I think there are several reasons. I think the one that stands out most to me is the expectations that we have. So there are expectations, uh, there are assumptions that we make, and there are emotional needs. Hmm. Uh, we, we tend to want people to love us the way we love them. So if this is the way I love you, this is, what, this is how you're going to show me by loving me in this same way. So we have certain expectations. Expectations are you want people to be like you and the very things that may have attracted you right in the beginning of your relationship, which might have been like, you know, how they say opposites attract, are the very things that start to annoy you. So you have to ask yourself, where is that actually coming from? So expectations, assumptions, emotional needs. And I think it's also sometimes boredom. We are in such a busy world and we're so busy with life happening. And we, you know, it's the, it's the attention that, you know, we were unable to give attention to one thing. And in the same way, this is translated, it's become a habit. So it's translated into our relationships. We cannot give that quality time to our relationships because we are bored. And we want to move on and find something else. And if we can't find something else, we want to find something else in that that is maybe sort of triggering something. And that could be a negative emotion. So I yes. think these are some of the things, Manoj, um, that come to mind. But, you know, just to go back one step, which is this feeling of being hurt is part of being human. Right? It's automatic. We have no control over it. And when it happens, we just assume, or our mind assumes, it's the other person who's hurting us. And as a result of that, my goodness, so many relationships break up, right? Or even if they continue, they continue with this frosty silence or, you know, where love has gone, the fragrance of affection is no longer there. And people just continue. And that hurt just continues to fester in our memory. So every time we meet a person, there's that hurt coming up again. Um, I remember in our own family, people for something quite trivial got hurt and then didn't speak, you know, for maybe 10 years to each other. Um, so this is a very human emotion. And if we can find a way of understanding what's going on, and you've mentioned a few things. Where do you think our expectations come from? Why do we have expectations? I think it's, we need to ask, in order to answer that, we need to ask ourselves, where is this need actually coming from? And the question to ask is, what in me 
is actually getting hurt. Yeah. Because we don't define the hurt, we get hurt. Hmm. And then we react to it. But can we go a step back and say, let's pause and think, what is it that's actually getting me hurt? What emotion is it? What's the need for me to, to, to have that need? Is it triggered by some past experience, memory, conditioning, which has now become a habit? And as you, as you live your habits, they get more and more reinforced. Hmm. And because they get more and more reinforced, you believe it to be reality. Yes. And that reality in turn defines you. So it's sort of a vicious circle. So you look at triggers, you ask yourself, what is it in me that's actually getting hurt? And what's the need in me to be attached? Why do I need to be attached to that need? Why that do point I need of view, to... yes. Yeah, that point of view. Yes. So what in me is creating my point of view? And then to take it a step further, the sensible thing would be to say, if I have a point of view, could it possibly be that the other person also has a particular point of view yes. and a set of expectations and assumptions. But we are, the way our mind works <clears throat> is that we become so certain of our own point of view as being correct. Just it's, The human mind's like that. So I've been conditioned in a particular way. Say, for example, uh, I expect women to do the cooking, for example. I may have grown up in that way. And so I'm just absolutely sure that that's the only way to see the world. And if someone's behaving differently to how I would like them to be, then I get hurt. And I blame them for hurting me. But I don't see that the origin of the hurt is from me. It's from my own unmet expectation. Yes. So talking about point of view, again, we want to believe what we believe. And we need to keep living that belief. Otherwise, we tell ourselves that, you know, we, we, it's a sense of security, protection. We don't want to move away from that belief because that belief, it defines us. Now, if that belief is actually defining us and we want to live that belief, the thing to ask again, is that belief really serving me and serving the relationship? What, what expectation do I need to let go of in order to make this relationship work? So what's your intent really? Mm. You want to hold on to that belief? at the cost of the relationship hmm. is that you need to, we have a need to validate that belief because it's about our identity. So it comes back to, in my view, being attached to our self image, our identity, how we define ourselves. Yes, and what we have to also become clear, make it clear is this is an automatic unconscious process. So if I don't wake up to it, all my past influences, become the me, which I become attached to automatically. So unless I wake up to that process, it's going to continue operating in the background unconsciously, automatically. So that's probably where my expectations come from about how I want you to behave. But the other aspect which gets us hurt, or the other reason, is our unmet emotional needs. So for example, I may have a need to be listened to, but not the same need to listen. 
or a need to be loved or physical affection or to be understood or to be important. I want you to make me feel important. I'm not even aware I have these needs. So when those needs are not met in a relationship, then I start feeling upset. And the way my mind works is I blame you for upsetting me. I'm not even aware of this process in the background, am I? So why are you in that relationship? What is it that created that relationship? Is that relationship a transaction where you're counting the give and take? I did everything for you, but what have you actually done for me? So what's the intention? I believe a lot of, I, I, we were talking about this just earlier. I think the quality of your life depends on the quality of your relationship. No one at the end of their life, when they're sort of nearing the end and they're looking back, and especially people who are very, very ill and they, do, and they know they don't have that much longer to live. Uh, when, when we talk to those people, no one ever says, I wish I had made another million or I, have, I wish I had actually opened another business. Most, most of them say that I wish I'd just gone to someone and said, I love you. I wish I had made amends with this relationship. I wish I had given someone a hug. I wish I had spent more time with my family, which tells us very clearly that the quality of your life is the quality of relationship. Yes. But then let's, let's ask ourselves, what is it in that relationship that you're looking for? So is it a transaction? Is it a give and take? And I'm saying, I did this for you. I need this and I need you to fulfill this. So what are you actually looking for in that relationship? I, I think, think we have to realize, is. perhaps, Mala, that this is how the mind is wired. The human mind is wired in a transactional way. So if you don't wake up to what's going on, this is how the mind is going to function. It's going to measure, what have you done for me? What have I done for you? And as you rightly say, first thing we have to do is wake up to that process zoom out and realize, why am I in this relationship? <laughs> you know, and so on. Um, so besides our unmet emotional needs and our expectations, the other reason why we get hurt is when we get criticized. And that criticism can be so searing, can't it? The pain of it. If someone says something, or even it could, they may not even realize they're hurting you. That's the other thing to bring into the conversation. People may not hurt you consciously, but their remarks, though unintended, can be really painful. Can you think of an example? So when I've, uh, when I've worked with certain um, clients, um, and especially in their workplace, and they talk about how, you know, a co-worker, a boss, a manager, criticize them. And when we work through this and through our coaching conversations, we get to know actually it's all about you. So it's either something that you've experienced somewhere in your life. Maybe you had a parent where you were constantly criticized when you, maybe you had a sibling who didn't sort of, um, you know, uh, you didn't match up to what they were doing. So it, it, it's, it's really at the end of the day, it's really all about you. 
And you've got to ask yourself, what in this? So there are people who take uh, criticism and, and, and take it very constructively and they move forward. So let's, let's turn it around and let's say like, uh, I've been in a situation and this is a personal experience that I'm, I'm sharing now. So I have this thing where there was this one person in my life, a very close relationship that I always criticized. And I don't know why. I always, it, it's not like I was critical of the others, but I was critical about this one person. And I had to go through my journey to, because I wanted that relationship to understand what it is that is causing this for me to not, to, to criticize the other person. And it was only an open conversation. So beneath the criticizing, there is something else that's happened. And it's asking yourself, what is that? And then it's really in my, in this particular case, it was open communication because we assume sometimes that we know how the other person's gonna feel. And we also assume that they, all, they know we're hurt. Yes. You may know we're hurt. Yes. Why? Why for sure do we assume that? We're hurt. We haven't probably, maybe, possibly not expressed it enough or uh, expressed it in a certain way where the other person would understand it. And it was only when we have that open conversation that it's actually, and in my case, in this case, you know what it was? It was just the tone. And that's what needed to be shifted. Something as little as that. It was just the tone. But then I had to ask myself, what is it in me that brings out this particular tone where I say the exact same sentence to this person and I say the exact same sentence to somebody else, but it's not the choice of words, it's the tone. It's the tone. So you brought up two interesting points. One is that when we're close to people, there's something in us that automatically makes us critical of them. And the closer we are, the more critical we are. For example, if you think of children, you're always telling them to do something and be different. But that translates even to our intimate relationships because we want others to be like us because that's our comfort zone, you know, our ideas and our thinking. And of course, that process can make the other person hurt or make us feel hurt. But you're also right in saying that when we get hurt, let's explore this question now, which is how do we respond? And we respond by withdrawing, don't we? We respond to hurt by withdrawing. And sometimes the other person doesn't even know that we're hurt. So all that happens is we stop talking to them or they think we're becoming cool. They don't understand why, but we expect them to know why. And of course, that's such an unreasonable expectation. And that can go on for days, weeks, or even years sometimes, you know? Uh, or relationships just break up and it, people have never communicated that. So it's so hard to communicate, I've been hurt. Not you've hurt me, but I've been hurt. Um, and of course, we also respond to getting hurt by retaliating, by you know, withdrawing our affection <laughs> or by bringing up, by being critical of something else that, um, that people have done uh, in the past. Can you think of any other ways in which, how does, can you think of an example of how we respond when we get hurt? I think it's, it's um, I think we, 
respond in many ways where it actually translates into, so we take that and we actually, it translates into the rest of our life. And I think Gopalan here was saying this when we started the call that it's not just the relationship you have with your partners or your work, uh, people you work with, it's the relationship you have with yourself. And I think what happens when you start withdrawing with a, a, particular person, you start withdrawing from life. You start withdrawing from your dreams and your visions and your aspirations. And you, you, you start losing yourself in that. So I, I believe that, you know, there is withdrawing, there's reactions, there's all kinds of reactions. And I think underlying this is one thing that comes up is I think it might, it, it's, it's, it's a cause, but it's also an effect, is a self-interest. And I think I read this somewhere in the app that, you know, I, I loved what it said. I think it said, self-interest hijack your intentions. Yeah, So your intentions for that relationship, your intentions for giving your dream, your intentions for being your best self. And that self-interest is one of the things that you And also result is not a relationship that is not going so well. Cindy. Yes. Um, okay. Um, so, but the patterns of our responses also tend to repeat themselves, don't they, Mala? So when we've been hurt, that in a, any relationship, sorry, uh, Samira, can you mute yourself? I think you just, you're... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not at all. So the patterns of our relationships tend to, or the way we get hurt and we respond in any couple tend to repeat themselves, don't they? And gradually the affection disappears. So if the hurt is not resolved, it gets stored in my memory. Then I meet you again. It could be a friend, could be an intimate relationship, could be a brother, sister, uh, or even a child, you know, a teenager and so on. You know, the other day we had a gardener uh, in the garden, an old man, 70. And he said he hadn't spoken to his son for 30 years <laughs> because of some argument they had 30 years ago. And the heartache, he'd not seen his grandchildren and so on. So we really need to find a way of resolving uh, our hurts and traumas in a really constructive way using uh, wisdom. So what can we do? Let's, that's the, perhaps the most important part of this conversation, which is we've understood now why it's important to explore the question, why we get hurt, how do we respond? But how can we respond instead with wisdom? I think firstly, we need to take responsibility for the relationship. We like to throw it like, okay, it's not working. That person did this, that person did that, this one, that thing, whatever happened. I think we need to take responsibility. It's almost like a project we have. And our, what's the intention behind that? taking that responsibility is to better this relationship. Yesterday, I had um, a couple that I was talking to. And it's sad to see sometimes because they're what could have been beautiful relationships between siblings, between partners. And the, 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 this, the thing is, the sad thing is that there's actually still love. There is still love. They actually love each other. 
But because of all the reasons we've talked about, the self-interest, the expectations, it, there's, you know, they decide to sort of not speak like, like the, the example you've given. So, but there is an innate desire that you want that relationship. So what can we do? I think the first thing we need to do is one, take responsibility. I think we've got to, we've got to let me be me, let them be them. That's so hard, right? Acceptance in the end, acceptance of difference is one of the key things to successful relationships of any kind. Whether you have a different opinion or belief or dietary preference or whatever it might be. But I think you mentioned something earlier, which is what's your intention? Do you want to win or do you want to really make this relationship work? Do you value? I don't think sometimes people value their relationships until it's too late. So then people end up feeling lonely in life and then wonder, how did I get here? You know, I'm 60 or 70 or whatever I am or 50. And I've got no friends or no intimate relationships. And one of the reasons is because when we got hurt, we withdrew. We didn't know how else to respond. So that's why this question is so important. Firstly, value the relationship. That can help you then take the next steps much more constructively. But when we last spoke, you also mentioned something important, which is rather than just think about what's happening to you, to also pause and ask, what's happening to the other person? What's going on in their thinking to make them think or behave in the way that they are? So, Manoj, I'd like to say something on acceptance. Acceptance is not, to me, acceptance is not weakness. It's actually, so no one's asking you to agree. No one's asking you to change your point of view. No one's asking you to give up your dreams. I think the beauty of of acceptance is there's a creative intelligence. We are creative people. We're social animals. And again, this this is another conversation that I remember, and all this is coming back to me now, when this, uh, so there's this couple and they're, they're, they're very different. I mean, they're different in, in so many ways. Uh, you know, it, it's uncanny how different they are. And I asked the wife and I said, you know, how, how do you, I mean, he, he, he goes to bed like he, he, so he gets up at four in the morning. She's a late riser. You know, there are all these kinds of differences yet. They're so together. Um, and she said, why would I want a clone of myself? Hmm. Why, why, want, why would I want someone to be exactly like this? Because that's what makes life so boring. Hmm. You know, we're looking on the outside for, you know, stimulation and activity and distraction. And she says, here is my distraction. You know, he's so different that it actually keeps me on my toes. And I find it so so inspiring and there's a there's a that's what creativity is isn't it it's about being curious about coming out from where you are from your little box of your little world and saying fine let me let me give that other person a chance no one's asking you to change your point of view 
And that's the beauty about acceptance. Like, yes. can you bring that into your world? Yes. And there was there was this one girl. Um, she said something beautiful to me. So she's uh, she's looking for a partner in her life. And she's got very high standards and she's got very high um, expectations of life, of herself. And, uh, you know, I said, who's going to match up to you? You know, you're going to drive the guy crazy. And she said, I don't need him to be that. She said, in fact, I will, I will see what he has in him. And who knows, maybe I will be such a great influence on him that he will blossom out into be his better self through me, if you know what I mean. So we all have some sort of influence on each other, but we don't have to impose it yes. and direct it and dominate it. If we can allow the relationship to just blossom by itself, that's beautiful. You mentioned a really interesting word, which is one of my favorites, which is curiosity. So when you're hurt, to be curious, why am I hurt? What's going on in me to make me feel hurt, as you said? And it, then that opens a door to learning about yourself. And once you open that door to learn about yourself, then, you know, you start growing in wisdom, which is what the whole human wisdom project is all about. But also curiosity about the other person. <laughs> Why is the other person behaving in the way that they are? And that helps you to understand their conditioning and, and so on. And I think if instead of reacting in the usual way, which is by withdrawing, not communicating our hurt, uh, and so on, or retaliating. If we did the opposite, which is not easy, by the way, but we shared the fact that yes, I've been, I was hurt by that. Not your fault, but you know, is something triggered in me? I need to find out what that is. Uh, not withdraw your affection. Keep the communication channels open. And ask yourself, am I really interested? What's my intention? Is it to win this argument or to really nurture and preserve this relationship? Because from, instead of it being something that drives people apart, it can actually bring you even closer together if you both explore this together. You know, what happened? What did I say? You said, how did I react? You reacted. And that conversation then uh, takes you deeper. Okay. The, the big thing about the takeaway was about acceptance, uh, acknowledgement, acceptance, and non-reaction. You know, the non-reaction does not equal to withdrawing. And that differences of opinion actually enriches when you learn to accept someone for who or she is than who you want them to be. You know, to, to, to actually thrive in the diversity that this relationship is uh, enriching because it's different from who I am. And what am I learning from this relationship about myself? Instead of, you know, that's such a beautiful question, which is, what am I learning about myself from my feeling of being hurt? <laughs> Rather than what am I blaming somebody else for, you know, that sort of thing. 
I think what what came up for me, Manoj, um, it it's this question of there seems to be in each one of us a very strong structure that gets built up, and I'm just wondering when we come to a relationship, are we coming to that relationship to emphasize that structure even more, have its needs met, as mm. Mala was saying, or have come to the relationship to actually learn about this structure which I've built yes. or which thought has built. Yes, yes. And, and, and is there enough space and curiosity, as that's a wonderful word, is there enough space and curiosity in me for this structure to begin to unfold yes. in my relationship with you and each one of you? Yes, yes. And I think if, if there is that space and that, that genuine curiosity, then the wisdom that you're speaking about, Manoj, can start to flower. Yes. <laughs> if, if I can put it like that. No, it's... I, I think that's what came up for me and what and to, to what you've said so far. And I, I think it, it's, it, yeah, it's beautiful what you've brought up so far. Thank yes. you. No, I think you've put it so beautifully that relationship, including being hurt, which we regard as something bad, horrible, you know, other person's fault, all of those negative things. Yes. If we changed our perspective and realized here's an amazing opportunity to learn about myself, about the structure yes. of me, as you said. Yeah. And if I yeah. take that opportunity and have that dialogue with whoever I'm with, then I grow as a human being. Yeah, yeah. See, then my yes. relationships I'm, I'm, become I'm, richer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, and the thing that I thought that the, the heart might turn out to be the most beautiful thing, not, not this idea that it's ugly or bad or that I need to push it away, but actually to begin to allow it to fully come out into the open what this heart is. Yes. You know, why all this energy got stuck, you know, I think that that for me is very challenging. Yes, yes. It's by the way, none of this is easy. But if we want to grow as human beings, we want to have rich relationships with depth, then we need to be curious about ourselves, each other. And the more we're curious, the more we'll realize actually you and I are the same human being deep down. <laughs> Uh, I would love to add to what Alistair said. I love what, what Alistair said. And <clears throat> it's put a thought in my head that, you know, we, we talk about how we become, we want to become the best <clears throat> version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is about just expanding ourselves to become more of who we are. Mm -hmm. So we go in into a relationship with who we are, what we are, what we believe we are, what our beliefs, our values, and whatever. And then we take so much from that relationship, whether it is taking it directly, whether it's learning through acceptance, adjustments, understanding, conversations, to expand ourselves to become so much more so that the structure, you went in with this, but you became this. And you get that much more. 
Yes, yes. And I love that, yeah. But it needs courage, right? Absolutely. This journey needs courage. It needs a heart that's open and willing to learn about itself and allow itself to be vulnerable to, you know, a lot of people are scared and there's no need to be because on the other side of hurt and fear and all of that lies great beauty. You know, the, yes. the great beauty of being and of having relationships with depth and with love and goodness and affection and all of that. Um, okay, any other comments from anyone else on the call today uh, before we close? Uh, Gopalan, yes. That's a very interesting uh, note. <laughs> uh, you talk about we go in with our own structure. Mm. I found that very fascinating. Um, I never really looked at it that way. Mm. But uh, I realized now that we actually do have a structure. Because that started from our childhood, isn't it? Mm. And all that conditioning and, and familiarity with the culture and the opinions that we draw as we grow up through our growing years is we actually form an, a, a very solid structure. Yes. So when we go into a relationship, you're actually going into a relationship with somebody who also has a structure. So what is coming to me is that when that has to happen, where people, two people with two different structures come in, what is the biggest thing that need to happen when two solid structures meet? Mm. Mm. We need flexibility. Yes. yes. You know, um, Alistair, what you've said has also triggered something else, which is actually the structure is the same in all human beings. But the content we put in the structure might be unique to us. Mm. Right? So we're all conditioned, but in different ways. We're not aware that we're conditioned. Or we're all reactive, but we're not aware. <laughs> or our mind compares all the time, but it might be about different things. So this curiosity about myself, about the structure, also awakens compassion. Because I see deep down, you and I are the same human being. We have the same structure. <laughs> The content of our memory might be different, but the way the mind is working and this, all of that is the same. The way all of us respond to being hurt is the same, right? Yes. Every yes. human being responds in the same way and so on. So there's such a rich um, door of learning that opens up if you ask the right questions. Um, uh, uh, absolutely. This podcast came to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more about all the ideas we've discussed, please visit the Human Wisdom app at humanwisdom.me. Thank you for listening.